Next on BYU Sports Nation, the running back, y'all. What Jeff Grimes said about the position headed into the Arizona game on September 1st. And since the quarterback position at BYU is kind of a big deal, what is Coach Grimes' opinion of the quarterbacks now versus when he got here? And will the BYU basketball offense return to a high tempo again? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up, friends? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, May 7th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is training as a firefighter, so I'm teamed up with a man who has a few sunburns from Arizona, Jason Shepard weirdest thing no sunburn on the face a, a decent not not bad on the arms yes the place i got sunburned the most my calves wow it's weird like the like the back of my leg is huh. where i got sunburned oh this doesn't make any sense to me at all I, it doesn't make any sense right, dave i yeah you were out in the sun working you know pounding the field yes that was white already Ready to, to harvest. harvest. Oh, it was harvested. And, uh, yeah, you got those. We had some fun in Arizona. In case you missed it, we were at the Fan Fest Saturday. Great time. Uh, rocking the, uh, you know, the BYU-Arizona shirt. Apparently that's a uh, – you can't see the Arizona part, I guess. Would you well, really have taken that off if I had worn the same shirt? Yeah. yeah. Why can't Why can't you – I'm, I'm not too keen on the matching shirts. Because we're not going think, to Sadie Hawkins. No, that's true. But people or would more, think it's you know, cute. So, like, oh, that's nice. That's not like, – I'm not oh, going for cute. Friends. I'm they, not going for cute. <laughs> I'm not a puppy. Okay? I, I Seriously, I almost <laughs> wore the same shirt today. Yeah. Well, we want to show support. And we had a great, uh, great showing at the Fan Fest. We're going to – Dive into some of the comments made there that were interesting. A best of coming up in case you missed it. And uh, we missed it for the first hour. A generator went out. We had uh, some technical issues. Got back on the air, which was great. It was we, a little hot, Jerem. And we appreciate everybody that helped out there. Yes. Uh, it was awesome. We don't appreciate Mother Nature, though. It was, yeah, it was a little warm. But there's lots to discuss from that, including uh, Kalen Hall uh, coming up, the, the former BYU running back, the father of Jaron and KJ, not to mention the voice of the nation. We'll get to the uh, question of the day in a moment. But rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Saturday in Mesa, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joined the program. We asked him about the latest on the quarterback position. Here's what he said. The positive is, um, you know, honestly, when I took the job, I wasn't real sure what we had at that position. Right now, I feel confident that we're going to have at least one guy and probably more than that that we can win games with. Jason, does Jeff Grimes' comments on Saturday make you more or less confident in the quarterback position as the season approaches? Without question, more. Look, there's one guy. Okay, two guys that would have the best knowledge of how the quarterback position is going that would be Jeff Grimes and A-Rod. To have the offensive coordinator talk about how optimistic he is now versus when he got here, that's absolutely a good thing. He's, he's going to know more than anybody else. He sees these guys. He breaks down the film. That is absolutely something that every BYU fan should look at and take a positive out of. I, th- I think I have the same amount of confidence uh, having you know watched spring ball and we don't we there's just a lot of unknown there so I'm kind of going into it somewhat emotionless in that okay Tanner Mangum was a stud his freshman year his sophomore year did not show well junior 
in limited action. Junior year was not the same guy, right? What are we going to get from Tanner Mangum? Hopefully it's back, back to 2015. Bo Hodge has shown some bright spots, but he hasn't really played that much. Joe Critchlow's level of competition was kind of low. That in his start, you know, against UNLV, Squad of Canada was really good, but Joe Critchlow started a game that BYU lost against UMass. You know, Hawaii was different. I'm not sure what is there. I'm not sure what we're going to see out of Zach Wilson and, say, Jaron Hall and whatnot. So I don't know. There's a, just a big, fat question mark for me at quarterback position. See, here's the other thing that I really like about this comment, and another reason that I look at it is very positive. Jeff Grimes does not strike me as the guy that's going to say something he doesn't believe. He's not going to compliment guys for the sake of complimenting them publicly. He's very businesslike. Yes, like, he is. Yes. Like, he, if, if he doesn't feel something, he's not going to say it publicly to put on a show. Yes, I think if BYU had a bunch of bad quarterbacks, he would say it. Yeah, no, that's what but I mean. But he's not he's, saying that. He's saying we have multiple guys yes. that I have confidence so in. So I think, I think that even adds to it Okay. Yeah. that, yeah. that he – said that this is I'm I'm very optimistic I don't very but he's optimistic based off of when he got here I think that's a big deal also the way that no deal (laughs) presented by no one today uh the the fact that he says that with multiple guys yes that's important because BYU is going to need multiple guys the way that kind of the schedule stacks up guys are getting hurt what do you think about the schedule by the way love it (laughs) The, the running back situation, I mean, it doesn't get talked about as much as the quarterbacks, but they're in a similar position in terms of the number of guys vying for the starting spot in playing time. Coach Grime was asked if someone has emerged so far. I do think we have some guys who have, who have different skill sets, and there hasn't been one guy that has stepped out enough to say, that's my job yet. Okay, so, Jerem, is it a good thing or a bad thing that no BYU running back has set themselves apart as of yet? Now, this is similar to the quarterback situation, right? I'm going to say it's a bad thing. I want a guy. I want a clear identification of that's the running back, okay? I think there's some really good B and C level guys. Is there an A level guy? I don't, I don't, I don't know right now because that guy hasn't emerged. We've seen a lo- what a lot of these guys can do. I think that the main reason that this is the case is because of injuries, okay? K.J. Hall was injured, missed spring ball. We're going to talk to his dad, Kalen, coming up. Ula Tolutau was hurt, didn't play a lot in spring ball. And Kavik Fonua suffered a Gordon Hayward-like injury in practice one day. He got injured as well. So you had Squally Canada, you had Riley Burt, you had Zach Katoa, you had Braden L. Bakri. Those were kind of your guys. So I, I think because of injury, we're not sure. But even if those guys were healthy... Who's the A-level running back that you're like, dude, when BYU plays Wisconsin, Washington, and Utah, he's going to get some tough yards. We need that answer. Look, I would love to have a running back named now, too. I think everybody would, but it's May 7th, so it doesn't really mean that much. But you return a lot of the guys. I, I agree, but it doesn't really mean that. Now, if it's August 26th or 27th, then that's a different story. But without question, it's always better to have the guy. It builds confidence. It builds continuity. There's still plenty of time for the guy to emerge. And let's not forget, one of the players that's definitely in the mix for this that didn't play in spring is Ula Tolatau. He will be a factor in this decision. Ultimately, I think it's going to be Zach Katoa. I like to call him Lopini. But there's plenty of time to have a running back step forward. I didn't know you were pollination. That's awesome. Name me the year in which BYU went into a season, didn't know who the main running back was, and had a really good year. 
I don't know that we're expecting a really good year from BYU. We're hoping to get to a bowl game. So maybe it's okay. You don't have to have an A-level guy to get to a bowl game per se. But, because but if you you're going for eight, nine, ten wins, you've got to have a like a, a A-level, B-plus level running back. But because you don't have one now doesn't mean you won't have one in two or three months. It's true, but you return a bunch of the same guys from last year. So who's going to emerge? We need that question answered. Saturday in Mesa, native son and new assistant basketball coach Lee Kamar joined the program. He had some fun thoughts about Mountain View, the rival. He had this nugget as well at the very end of his interview. Now that I'm official, we've had you know formal meetings where we're talking offense, we're talking defense, and a lot of it will be similar, but there will be tweaks. You know, it's just part of the game. We're up tempo. There will be some tempo for sure. Okay. Jason, what do you want the BYU offense and hoops to look like next year? I love hearing him say there will be more up-tempo. I, I, I want the up-tempo. I want it fast, but, want it back? but controlled. I want fast, up-tempo, but controlled. And I think that really comes down to shot selection. I want good shot selection. I want BYU to put itself in the best position possible by taking good shots. And the other thing, first and foremost, even beyond all that, I want the offense centered around Yoli Childs. He, he is your best and most dominant player. And that's not breaking news. We're not saying anything that most people don't, don't already know. But the offense, I would assume, is going to be centered right around Yoli Childs. And I agree with that 100%. Most of Dave Rose's tenure here, the offense has been centered around the perimeter. So that would be somewhat of a change. Keeney Young, Trent Playstead were kind of the exceptions to the rules in the 13 years here. I want... A similar look to last year, but a little more up-tempo, a little more loose. BYU and Heath Roy's offense was tremendous, tremendous November and December. But then it became predictable and did not adjust, and BYU is not the same team after that. I want more variation on a theme after defenses get some film and kind of adjust to you. What's the adjustment you make to the adjustment? But I do want some up-tempo. I don't want it to be the main deal because right. championship teams – Name me the championship team in, in college football and college basketball, like a regular system that runs a high tempo. It's, it's flashy, it's exciting, but it's not actually championship ball. Good defense, solid shot selection, and valuing possession, those are championship qualities, generally speaking. Look, it's one thing to push when you're in transition. We get that. But it, it's not... It's Looking not, to push or yes, not is yes, the question. Yes, but right? it's getting into a half-court set is not always bad. But, it, but I, I do like hearing that there, there will be some tempo change. It's been a staple yes. of BYU hoops, except for last year right. under Dave Ross. Yep. BYU baseball was swept over the weekend. They were on the road at St. Mary's. They're in the middle of a stretch of, of road games, and that continues this week. The Batcats have now lost six in a row in 10 of their last 12 games. They sit at 8-13 and 13 in the WCC, 19-23 and 23 overall. Are you surprised at the struggles that BYU baseball has had this season, Jeremy? Genuinely, yes. Preseason pick to win the league. WCC tournament champs on this incredible run. I thought being in the top four wouldn't be a question for this team. It doesn't look like BYU is going to make the West Coast Conference Tournament. This team lost some bats. Brock Hale's been good. Jarrett Perns has been a revelation in center field. But Brennan Anderson, Keaton Kringlin, Nate Favero, Daniel Schneeman, these are good players. All Their averages have dipped. They've not really been able to produce offensively without it was last year. So quality defensively. BYU's not had the same kind of pitching staff. And baseball's basically pitching. And can you score enough runs to match that? So... 
Uh, yeah, I am surprised. I thought this BYU baseball team would be really good. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of key players have had down years to to what you you know to bring up your point. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised, and I and and I think this BYU baseball team is very surprised. For, forget the picked first. I mean, we focus on th- this BYU coaching staff was not focusing on being picked first. That that was They're not done finishing first. Yes, that that's that's that didn't mean anything to them. You, we had Coach Littlewood on. He put it was a fair pick, though. You no, know, it absolutely was a fair pick, and I think that's what's so surprising is it just hasn't played out like that. And one of the things Coach Littlewood has talked about for for weeks is the lack of consistency. It's lack of consistency from game to game. It's you the lack positive of consistency. Yes, the lack of consistency positively with each at bat. It just hasn't been there. And you've got Utah tomorrow night, and then you head back out on the road uh, to take on San Francisco. We need to evaluate tomorrow what BYU needs to win in terms of aggregate to break the tiebreaker. Because they're down 2-1 in the series, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aggregate. Long Beach, what is Love this? the aggregate score. Champions League. Long Beach State won the national title in men's volleyball in five sets against UCLA Saturday night in Poly Pavilion, securing the 49ers' second national title. Next season, the Beach returns its big three and hosts the NCAA tournament. With that in mind, BYU loses some guys, looks to win a national championship for the first time since 04. So what are your expectations for BYU men's volleyball next year? Look, BYU is losing a lot, and it's losing a lot in terms of on the court. They're losing a lot in terms of on the bench. But this program still has plenty of talent. I, I would expect to compete for a conference title in an NCAA run, and that's just what this BYU volleyball program does. They've elev- they have they have put themselves, and I understand you know there may be slight dips, but this is a program that gets talent, that does well with the talent. They cultivate the talent, and at the end of the year, they're always in the mix. I don't expect anything different. BYU loses a trio of Brendan Sander, Leo Durkin, and Price Jarman, as well as assistants Jalen Reyes and Lucas Slabe, as you mentioned. Long Beach State's going to be really tough to beat. In fact, I'm, they're probably going to win the national title again next year. But, like you said, the Cougars returned Gabi Garcia-Fernandez, Cyrus Fa'alogo, Storm Fa'agata. Capable pin hitters, two capable middles, the libero, Will Stanley, etc. This is a team that's going to compete for the MPSF title. I would say probably preseason number two going into next year. Could be an at-large. Maybe they sneak up and win it. Uh, this is still going to be a good men's volleyball team. I, I won't be surprised if BYU is in the NCAA tournament again next year. It's just what this team does. It's what it's they what do. The program does. And there were what, what's nice this year is there were some injuries and ineptitude and backups emerged to where you go into next year and you go, ugh, Brendan Sanders gone, we're toast. No, Brendan Sanders, yes, was the best pin hitter uh, for BYU offensively with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. But, yeah, there's some talent there. Our question of the day, does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season? What do you think? Use the hashtag BYUSN, weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Friendster. No, that's not true. That last one. At Laser Sheep. <laughs> is it still a thing? Well, it, wasn't that on the list that the church is banning in, uh, Maybe. <laughs> during the three hours? Ironically um, enough, ESPN, not on that list. Don't mention it on the Oh, I mean, on it was on the list. At Laser Sheep, absolutely. Somebody needs to step up and be the guy in order for others to push themselves, especially this season. BYU needs one guy to assume this type of role. I'm not sure it even matters who that is, but it needs to happen, in my opinion. I agree. There's got to be – that's our number one guy. When he goes in, 
We could run any play. Yes. yes. It, it can't be Ula Tolutau comes in on third and one. It's like, obviously, he's going to get the ball. I don't know any coaching staff that says, yeah, we want to do this by committee. Everybody well, wants to have. Last year it was, we're going to do this by committee. No, but, but not that that was out of necessity, not because that's what they wanted. Why Everybody is it, wants to why have. Why is it out of necessity preseason? Figure your guys out. Recruit the guys and get them in here. It's one thing to have that be a question now. It's another when you get closer. Having it now is not a problem. It's not, it's not an issue. There's plenty of time to figure this out. Like the three weeks in fall camp? That's plenty of time? You got a couple months before we even get to that. It will be fine. They're not going to figure that out in the next couple months? Oh, I think they, they will. will in fall camp. They don't even know who the quarterback is. <laughs> Come on. Or do they? I don't know. Coming up, the best of the best from Saturday's Fan Fest in Mesa. And it was hot in more ways than one. Come on. BYU football, family affair. The Hall family will join us. The head of that, Kalen Hall. How are Jaron and KJ doing? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball faces Utah tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. You can listen on BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch on the Pac-12 Network. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our question of the day, does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN as mentioned. Well, in the 90s, there was a uh, fleet-footed running back named Kalen Hall. Played for BYU. He now has a couple of kids on the BYU football team and joins us in Studio B. Kalen, welcome to Studio B. Thanks. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. First time, right? Yeah, first time. Welcome. Thank you. We're excited to have you. I'm glad to be here. Jaron made some news last week. Comes home from a mission. Some videos come out. People start to get excited. So what's it like to have Jaron back from a mission? It's good. I mean, any father that uh, sends a son off on a mission, uh, it's a a very uh, wonderful experience to have him come back. And uh, to be uh, a different young man than he was. He left as a boy and he returned as a man. And growth is the magic word that I use. He's grown an awful lot. So it's a really good experience. As Jerem just mentioned, you know, everybody saw the video of him out in the park throwing the football. Mm-hmm. How long did it take him to get outside and start throwing a football since he got back? Uh, well, he, uh, he returned at uh, 1.30 on Tuesday. And about 9.30 that night, we went to the indoor facility at the high school, and we threw the ball around. You know, we ran some routes with his little brothers and his nephew and my nephew, and, uh, you know, he got right back into it. So, so he, he was taking his time then getting back into yeah, it. Yeah, he took a little time. <laughs> he yeah. took eight hours. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Right? <laughs> a couple hours. So, yeah. I, I laughed, too, at Gavin Baxter on the basketball team. He wasn't even released. His dad was his companion, went into the annex, was shooting. I was like, these guys yeah. came back and – and are right into it. Yeah, it's part uh, of the DNA, so what do it, you do? It really is. Yeah. And, and Jaron has been a guy we've talked about for, I don't know, four or five years, ever since he committed to BYU yeah. as a quarterback. Obviously, the quarterback position, always a, a highly discussed position. Um, how much was he able to kind of work out and stay in shape and, and try and get in the mix this fall? You know what? Honestly, Jaron, uh, he kept himself in pretty good shape. I mean, he's I mean, he's a fit guy. You know, he has really good genetics. His mother has really good genetics. Uh, I don't know. That's about, all right. Yeah, right. I, I'm OK. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he lifted and worked out uh, every day. He threw twice a week when he was gone. 
Um, you know, he was just blessed with really good genetics again. I mean, when I saw him get off the plane and uh, Jack Jack Mooney, he was at the airport. Jack and I go way back. We're really good friends. But he looked at me and said, man, Kalen. He said, that dude looks good. I said, I know. Wow. I said, I knew he was in good shape, but I didn't think he was stacked like that. I mean, mm. he's pretty chiseled. So, so what have the conversations been like? With the off the new offensive staff, what type of conversations has there been? What, what's been the vibe with that? Uh, honestly, with me, uh, you know, I, I kind of stay out of that. You know, I let my kids kind of, you know, set their own path. Uh, I know a couple of the guys on staff. And they've been friends of mine for years, but, you know, I don't cross those lines. They're the coaches. I'm the parent. I'll let my sons uh, dictate based on their actions and their, and their work ethic and the things that they do that they do as they compete as the uh, the ultimate outlier on how things will end up. So there's been no discussions. You know, there's obviously you know they've been you know telling me that they're excited to have him come back, look forward to seeing what he can do and compete and things of that nature. But you know, there's no, nothing that's been in depth. Uh, I'm just looking forward to you know allowing Jaron to to do what he does, compete and you know be a ten- tenacious competitor. I mean, he's looking forward to get after it. What, what? How much conversation has there been from the coaching staff with Jaron? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, since he's, been, I know he's, he talked with Kalani. Him, him, when he got back the day after, he went in and he was, he met with Kalani for about an hour and a half or so. Uh, I know he spoke with Coach Roderick uh, via text because they were out recruiting mm-hmm. uh, last week. So uh, I know he's going to be getting back into the mix this week. Uh, you know, he started on Friday with his plate pushes and and uh, getting uh, you know integrated into the things that are going on with the football staff. And uh, I know they're going to have they have meetings or something scheduled, and they'll be going over offense and you know as as a collective unit. And, uh, you know, he's just going to throw himself right into it. And obviously he has a quarterback coach that he worked with also privately, uh, Dustin Smith over there at Quarterback Elite. So he'll be doing that every day. So as far as the the, the team thing, he's going to do everything that the other players are doing and whatever else he can. So, Talking to Kalen Hall, former BYU running back, uh, his kids Jaron and KJ. We'll talk about KJ in a sec too. But with Jaron, it's an interesting thing because there was some discussion like, oh, if you move him to another position, he's so athletic, you know, but – it sounds like he's a quarterback. He's going to compete yeah. at quarterback. Is that the case? He, he's playing quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, with Jaron, when he was coming out of high school, um, he made a commitment that he was going to play for a school that was going to allow him to go on a mission. Um, Jaron passed up on no less than 10 to, to 15 different other scholarship offers because the mission was an issue. And for him, it was not. It was, it was non-negotiable. And so he just basically, you know, shook his hand at those that asked him, well, would you consider and these were schools I do not need to go into detail about. But there were several really good institutions. Power there, fives? There were several power five schools. But for Jaron, it was never a question. It was a mission first, period. And that's just our thing. That's his thing, and that's what we chose. And from that, you know, the quarterback thing, he's, he's gifted. He's a gifted passer. Not because he's my son. Go over his film since he was a freshman. Pocket passer. But then he has that element that when things break down, you know, he can do a few things. You know, he's he's been clocked at about a 4-5, four, 4-4, uh, four, four, high 4-4-40. Four, four, he's got some wiggle. So he can run like a running back, but he requires very little to get the pass off because he's a passer. He's been doing it since he's eight years old. He is a quarterback, period. That's what he's playing. I know you said that, you know, you, you try and stay out of this and let, let your sons yeah. handle their own business. But in conversations with Jaron, have, have you talked to him and heard from him on, on what he feels his own expectations are for this upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we discussed in depth and detail throughout his mission. I mean, obviously we met, let the main thing be the main thing first, and then we've had discussions throughout the last two years and, and as recently as, as soon as he got home about what his expectations are. His expectations are to work as hard as he can, 
uh, to go in and to be uh, the, the guy that just embraces the, the culture of the program. Uh, he lines right in with all the guys. He's a team player, and uh, he's going to go after. He's going to go and compete. That's his expectations is to be the best player that he could possibly be within the time frame that he's given to get back into shape. Now, he understands that, you know what, it's not going to be like magic. He's not going to say, you know, bingo, and he's going to be back to he was athletically. But, um, well, fortunately, he's a quarterback, and so the legs do not, have, do not need to be as good as the mind and the arm, you know, right away. So he expects to work as diligently as possible to get in as good a shape as he possibly can. So we'll see, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, he's been a pretty resilient kid. He's never really played football only. You know, he played basketball and baseball and football for, well, since he was in eighth grade, all throughout high school. So he's never concentrated on football. So as a parent and as a sports guy, I'm just intrigued to see where he's going to end up just focusing on football full time. It's going to be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, a lot of people are excited to watch how that uh, plays out with Jaron. Let's talk about his older brother, KJ. Uh, had 112 rushing yards, including that 75-yard against San Jose State. And then he kind of gets banged up a little bit. He was out for spring. I guess, what's the update on KJ? Uh, he's recovering. You know, he had a knee injury that uh, he had to have repaired. And, you know, I, and, and, you know football is a rough game. Uh, KJ, he, he's a little light, you know, uh, his first couple of years here at BYU. And, uh, you know, as I told him, I said, look, son, you got to put on some muscle mass. Uh, it's a physical game. If you want to run the ball from the backfield, you know, it's it's a pretty violent game. And so that's what he's done. As he's rehabbing his knee, he's putting on a lot of muscle mass. He's up about 20 pounds. Uh, he's pretty jacked right now. I'm pretty impressed at the work <laughs> ethic. I mean, he's at, basically he's at my weight that I played at, but he's just a little bit shorter than I am. So he's pretty thick. And, uh, you know, he's he'll get his elusiveness and speed back. So It's one thing as a, as a parent – to have a play or a, a child play college athletics, that'd be unbelievable. But to have now two yeah. sons playing at your alma mater, what is that like as a dad? Uh, you know, it's a special moment. I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's all the hard work that you did when you were four, five, six, on up to the age of eighteen, throwing balls in the backyard, uh, reminiscing over old times, them putting on your jersey, watching the games with you, attending the games at an early age, and then to have all that come together when they're men to be able to play at your alma mater, you know, it's, uh, it's very fulfilling as a parent to know that their hard work pays off. You know, at the end of the day, you know, my sons are hard workers. Those young men, they, they've absolutely put everything they could into be, becoming the people that they are, first of all, because they're good men, and secondly, to put themselves from an athletic standpoint to be who they are. They work hard. And as a as a parent, as an ex-athlete, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very uh, fulfilling, uh, uh, it's a fulfilling situation to come to fruition, to have your kids. And then KJ actually wears my, my jersey number. So that's even, even more awesome very nice. as a dad. So That's awesome. We're talking yeah. with Kalen Hall. He played running back here in the 90s about Jaron and KJ. We're excited about them this fall. You mentioned Jack DeMooney, and, and you were a transfer here, if I recall, right? Uh-huh. In the last minute or so, do you mind sharing kind of how you got to BYU and then the relationship with Jack DeMooney? BYU is simple. Um, convert to the church. Uh, since I was a convert to the church, I passed up on the 30-some-odd scholarship offers to be at this institution. The so school, before you got to BYU? Yeah, before. Dixie College. That's where we met at. We met at Dixie College. Uh, I chose to come to school here. Jack and I met. We both were Buffalo Bills fans. He said that I reminded him of Thurman Thomas. Yeah. And from that day, we hit it off. We were best buds. You know, I like and, you. Yeah. And actually, Jack is the one that converted me to the, to the church. So. Did he baptize you as well? Uh, he did. He baptized That's awesome. me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so. cool. And now he's on the staff. Yeah. And he, 
your kids are playing yeah. for that step. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's good times. Good it is. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Uh, let's give you and your family the BYU Sports Nation karma. Like, good luck for, to recover for KJ, for Jaron to train well and be ready to rock in uh, fall camp there in August. And then since this is your first time, do you mind signing our uh, stretch white flag over here? Yeah. That'd be great. Sign it anywhere. We need, you want. we need a mid '90s running back <laughs> added to that, so that's perfect. All righty, I'll just. Kalen Hall in studio, excited about uh, his two kids. There are a couple others in there as well. We'll see uh, what they. Produce I think Kalen might be able to uh, get a few reps out there. Still, still could to still, this, could you still, still, to this still day. carry a couple times in the game? Uh, hey, with that line, give me a couple carries. <laughs> Kalen, right. we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming. in. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Coming up, see some of the best from Saturday's BYU Fan Fest from Mesa, Arizona, as we relive the 102-degree heat and the great crowd. Luckily, not that part. Uh, Tijon Karoma goes from the Titans to another team's minicamp. We'll tell you who coming up in the headlines. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jeremy Jason in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. Fun conversation with Kalen Hall a moment ago. Yeah, his kids may actually be Jack DeMooney's nephews. <laughs> in a way sort of. How about, so Jack De, Jack DeMooney if you don't know who Jack DeMooney is let's tell you so he he's on the staff for BYU football played here Jack DeMooney is all about Jack DeMooney baby I love Jack he's fun Great. He's at, he was at the fan fest anyways uh, friends with Kalen Hall it helps get Kalen here. Like it's a cool kind it's of a story. Great story. Those two. Yeah, the bond between them that has lasted this long. It's really cool. You remind me of Thurman Thomas, and we hit it off <laughs> from day one. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you like the Chiefs, and I know the man ah, to my left does, yes. uh, you'll like this first headline. Former BYU defensive lineman. Handsome Taniello received a mini camp invite with the Chiefs. He was joined by former running back Algernon Brown, and then Tijon Karoma had a mini camp invite from the Titans, and then another one from the Chiefs. So three former Cougars with the Chiefs in mini camp. Not to mention your boy Daniel Sorensen, uh, who's on the fifty-three. That's right. Show Hope, up soon. Hopefully, getting some more news on Tijon and others today how on how means. things went this yeah. past weekend. BYU softball sweeps the San Diego Toreros over the weekend. The Cougars took game one of Saturday's doubleheader 5-1, followed by a 6-1 victory in game two. Huge series with LMU, by the way, for softball. Huge series coming up all on BYU TV Friday and Saturday. Baseball lost 7-1 at St. Mary's. Cue St. Mary's face from Spencer. To complete a three-game sweep, the Bad Cats play at Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. The Utes lead the series 2-1. It'd be nice for the Cougars to tie that up. Number 41, women's golf competing in the 2018 Austin D1 NCAA Regional as the 11 seed right now. Play will continue through Wednesday. Good luck to the ladies and then the dudes uh, in the NCAA Regionals coming up as well. Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. A.K.A. your responses to our question of the day. Get a megaphone like that. But yeah, well, this is our megaphone from this Rammy Umptum, Jason. Our question of the day, does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season? At Passer Ronby, no. <laughs> we need three to four running backs that can be, con- can be considered first team. Several Power Fives have this. You want to be in a Power Five conference? Stock the players like Power Fives do. I do think you need a front runner, though. Like, there needs uh, to be the guy. Do you want to go see a movie that doesn't have an A-list actor? Like, the likelihood of going is slim. 
It's like the, it's for like a the, lot of people in that way. It's like all What's, the Avengers movies. A- None of them are A-list actors. What? What? Who's the A-list running back? Like, I don't know that BYU has one. Um, but if you can combine a bunch of B-listers to be something good, yes, you need depth. But you need someone that's going to be the guy. Like, the greatest BYU teams in history, it was clear who the running back was almost every time with those teams. And, and I look, this isn't going to be one of the greatest BYU teams of all time. This is a team we hope goes to a bowl game. Like the standards different. Like there's but perhaps that means it's okay. There is plenty of time for that guy to emerge. There's against still this fall... schedule. Can a guy emerge? Well, like that? that's, 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 that's a great point. At, at Nick Lee 51, not necessarily BYU's most successful seasons recently, which he's saying is nine plus wins and the leading rusher. He went with 2016 Jamal Williams, 43% of the carries 2015 Algie Brown, 31%. And then that in was 2000, a bad rushing year in 2011. Uh, your boy, as you like to say, JJ D Luigi at 23%, not a front running main running back. I'm not talking about like there, there's always going to be a main guy. I'm saying like a quality face of the running backs. Okay. That you, you need that if you're going to be a Williams, good team. Harvey Unga, Curtis Brown. Even going into the year 2012 after 2011, it was Michael Elisa. Like, yeah, the, you're right. I'm talking about identity and skill. That's what I'm talking about. By the identity way. Identity and skill. Michael Elisa, underrated. He was really As a running back or as a person? Both. He was a really good player. <laughs> I liked And he's an even better person. Really yeah. good actor, too. On Instagram, What? He's oh, in the commercials. R.C. Willie, R.C. Willie right? commercials. Yeah, I nice. don't even like R.C. Willie commercials that don't have Michael Lisa. C. Dot, are they a sponsor? Why are you saying that? C. Dot Evans 10 on Instagram. Yes, our best game was against UNLV when our run game was good. If we can't run the ball, defenses know what we're doing. The run game's really important. Is it more important than the passing game? That's a uh, question we should discuss in the future. At BYU underscore Bob, they need production from the position, but not really one guy. A solid committee also provides depth in case of injury. We're not saying that they don't need depth. Yes, that would be yes that's a completely idea. different We're debate. saying, does BYU need a go-to guy? Look, no coach goes by committee choice. If there is a clear-cut number one guy, that's who's going to get the ball. You go with the by committee if that doesn't happen. We've discussed who we think this is going to be. You think it's I think your boy it's, Zach Katoa. I think it's going to be Zach Katoa. I really do. Which is pretty wild considering there were, there's this big returning group. Of guys, Squally Canada, mm-hmm. Riley Bird, Ulutolutel, Kabik Fonua, KJ Hall, and company. And then it would be a newcomer. I don't care who it is. I just want a guy where it's like, okay, we put him in a lot, and the defense doesn't know what we're doing. Okay, here's, here's the difference, though, with, with uh, Katoa. Newcomer, he would be a newcomer on the field this year. He's been in the program for a year already. This is, he was around. We, how many times have we talked about what Fred Warner said? Like, hey, there's this guy, Zach Katoa. Look what can he's we doing. Break can his we, red shirt. Can we put him in now? We are. Yes. So th- this is not a guy that's new to the program. He's been around for over a year. At Jake R. Camp, yes, last year's by committee approach did not yield the best results. And as has been shown in past years when BYU has a go to guy like Unga, Staley, Jamal, magical things can happen and produce season for the ages. Now, I think the by committee approach last year was before the season, that was stated. And then it became by committee even more because of the injuries, okay? Unga, Staley, Jamal Williams. I do not feel there's one of those guys on this roster as currently constituted. Perhaps one emerges, like you're alluding to. But going into the season, it would be nice to know who that guy, guy is. 
That's the fun part, though. We only can predict what we think is going to happen based on previous results. What we don't know is the newcomers. The year before Butch Powell became Butch Powell, we didn't know who Butch Powell was. He was just some backup. Uh, hopefully there are more guys in the running back room that can become a go-to guy. At Twigger Stone says, no, we need an offense that can move the ball and score points. However, they can make that work. I'm good with it. If it means multiple running backs, then so be it. This is the end game. If it Just be productive. If it's one guy, great. If it's multiple, great. You know, just be productive. Can a committee do what BYU needs to get done? That's the question. That's the rhetorical question. Yes, it is. Coming up, if you're six foot nine, something I clearly know a lot about, yeah. can you really go under the radar? Find out in the whip. Five foot nine, you can. And if you weren't in Mesa or didn't see the show Saturday, no worries. The best of from the Fan Fest is coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball in Salt Lake City tomorrow night, taking on the University of Utah. You can listen on BYU Radio. First pitch, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can also watch on the Pac-12 Network. Jeremy and Jason live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, there's always a rebroadcast on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. And you can check it out on demand on the apps. Question of the day, does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season at GeoCoog11? He, like, he or she likes rocks. Absolutely. The more offensive weapons, the easier to keep defense on its heels. Too many games last year were too one-dimensional. I would say it was no-dimensional last year on offense. Is that unfair? Um, it was bad. Yeah, things didn't work out. Argue it now. <laughs> I would if I could. Things didn't work out. That's the lightest you could have. That's the softest <laughs> Am I wrong? phrasing. Am I wrong? Things didn't work out well for join, the offense. Join in a little harder than that using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Saturday, we had a great time in Mesa at Pioneer Park at the uh, BYU Fan Fest. Thanks to everyone involved uh, from all the way from the top to the bottom uh, you know, with BYU TV and BYU Athletics. We had a great time. If you weren't there or e- even, even if you watched it, here's a taste and a best of from the Fan Fest. This is my neighborhood right here, so respect it. <laughs> we do respect it. We had some shakes dropped off to us while yeah. Jason was doing that Thank uh, you. interview with Sarah. I don't know why our next guest got one. Jason does a great job. I respect Jason. Jason's There's awesome. other people in this room really? that I don't, I don't <laughs> respect as much. <laughs> you have to go to break yet? No? Are you retired? What's the deal with you as a player? You haven't said, like, I'm hey, not, I'm done. Yeah, I'm not officially retired. I yeah. like to keep my status open just in case. Uh, Is that why you're not eating the ice cream? No, it has nothing shape? to do with it. Oh, I love it. I love the BYU fans. They're... They're honestly amazing, and like I said last time, they're like they're the best fans in the nation, in my opinion. You're opening the the season on the road, but when you're in Arizona, does it feel like you're opening it on the no, road? No, not at all. We know that our fans are right there. We have probably ten thousand more fans than they do, and so we'll be hearing a lot of screaming on our end. You know, BYU has a presence everywhere to some extent, but some places stronger than others. And I think, other than in the state of Utah, this is one of the places where I've where I've um, sensed. Um, a real warm welcome from the people in the community and, and the coaches and, and some, of the, some of the kids that I've gone to look at. We have the same kind of kids that we had when I was here a dozen years ago, kids that, that want to work hard, are more mature than most college kids, and are willing to be coached and will allow you to coach them hard and be very demanding. And that part hasn't changed. The names on the back of the jerseys have, but it's the same kids. Some of the best of 
from Mesa, Arizona. Great time. It was, it was awesome. really, really hot, but a huge showing. Several thousand fans showed up. What were some of your favorite things, Ben? Um, I, I have to say that being able to kind of roam around in, in my role and going to the different um, you know, teams, whether it's women's basketball or football or soccer, whatever the case was, it was awesome to see, especially the younger fans, their eyes just get so big being around the athletes and people that they see on TV. It was awesome to be able to see their excitement in seeing the players. It was great. And the crowd, as you mentioned, several thousand people in 100-plus degree heat, to be able to have that many people show up just reaffirms the power of BYU fandom. It was awesome. Yeah, we've been to a few of these now, Las Vegas, Corona, and uh, now Mesa. It just valid. Hey, Molangi. Hey, uh, he's big. Yeah, you interviewed Cheyenne Hill just so you'd have someone shorter than yeah, you. Yeah, I, st- I started I out was a veteran move. I started out with Molangi, then I interviewed Sarah Hampson. I said, six, you know what? Six, seven, six, I, I, seven. I'm going to go interview Cheyenne Hill from gymnastics. Yeah, who's, you know, five foot or something. Um, yeah, it was really validating for BYU. Listen, it was a 4-9 season. There were thousands of people still excited about BYU athletics. Like, it's not – that was one, one season people were really excited. It was fun. It was – Really hot, and there. Listen, the creamery showed up with cougar tails and ice cream. <laughs> like this was a fantastic event, nicely done by everybody, and we had a great time. We look forward to uh, more of those in the future. It was basically like being in Provo with palm trees. Yes, it was. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Yes, it was. And if Brigham had gone somewhere else, maybe we'd have palm trees outside our studio. Who knows? But uh, we appreciate everyone involved with that. Uh, continue to use hashtag BYUSN and weigh in on today's question, which is, does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season? Yeah, like my whole point on this was the fact that, yes, you want to have a go-to guy. There's still plenty of time to do that. You, it, you would like to have one on May 7th, but as long as you have one when you go play Arizona, speaking of the state of Arizona, when you play the Wildcats, yes. that's what's important. There's time to get there. Who gets the first carry against Arizona? Zachary Lopini Katoa. You think he's in on the first? Game? I think he's going to be the guy. Look, and I'm not being told that. This is my own personal opinion. They gave from him what I've seen, 17 carries in the spring game. From from 17. from what the coaches say in the interviews with the media, I I just think this is going to be the guy. I do. There's some several good players, and I do like the idea of having a bunch of good ones. I think I just like the idea as well of having one that you know is really good that you're like, okay. BYU versus Arizona, like, this guy's got to get 15 carries and get us at least 75 yards or whatever. Is a 100-yard game by an individual too much, given the amount of quality backs that BYU feels like they have? I don't know. Like, will there be a single 100-yard rusher this year for BYU football? I would say yes, because you're playing McNeese State and Idaho State. But, like, outside of that, are you going to have a Squally Canada kind of game where he goes 200-plus against UNLV? That was That was bonkers. A dude had 200 yards in a game, and we're not like, that's the guy. Like, that's a little weird to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Uh, this tweet coming in from at Colonel underscore James 83. Uh, his answer to that question, for the most part, yes. In BYU's good to great years, that's one of the factors you always saw. You want a back that can run past and punt it, run past and punish defenders. I was going to say, block. and punt? Yeah. Don't we have a punter for that? <laughs> catch and block just to keep defenses on their heels. That, and that's ideal, like. Not every running back is going to be able to do all three things, rush, pass, block. And Not- that's why when you get somebody like that, like a, like a Harvey Unga could 
rush catch out of the backfield. He could. He was. He hit every box. Checked every yes. box you needed with a running yes. back. Yes, Jamal Williams could do all three. Yes. Although BYU didn't throw to him as Correct. much. Jamal uh, missed a huge block as a freshman, and that kind of fueled his "I'm going to be good at blocking" uh, stuff. And in the NFL, he's shown well with the Packers. So keep using the hashtag #BYUSN. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. BYU with a plethora of good running backs. It's just, do they have a really good one? Do they have a number one? That's the question. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll certainly find out uh, between now and the first game at How Arizona. How many days? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, there, we there's been two chances <laughs> where we I, I desperately <laughs> wanted to go to the countdown. Yes. Which, if I'm doing my math correctly, I know the amount. We Are did, we ready for this? I think we may need to do it now. Countdown <laughs> to the Wildcats. 117. Yep, 117 days. You always, I, I like the delayed approach to that. You're like, control room, are you catching my drift here? <laughs> you going to be ready? Doing the countdown in Arizona at that the Fest was awesome. The only part was we couldn't hear the <laughs> yes, music, so we're like, that's true. It's 119. That's yeah. true. All right, coming up, a couple of Cougars leading their teams in scoring overseas. More on that in the whip. Plus, more of your responses and good responses so far on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season? Your responses coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Kalen Hall. Great to have him in Studio B. Yeah, he was fantastic. If you missed some of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Corbin Kafusi is one of six players who, by the way, was at the uh, the Fan Fest. Uh, one of six players on the NCAA Football Nation 24-7 list for college football under the radar. Under the radar defensive lineman. Very nice. Former BYU defensive lineman Hanson Taniella received a mini camp invite to the Chiefs. Also Algernon Brown as well. Yep. And Tijon Chroma got an invite from not only the Titans but the Chiefs as well. Softball. Sweeps the San Diego Toreros over the weekend. The Cougars took game one of Saturday's doubleheader 5-1. to one. They followed that up with a 6-1 to one victory in game two. Baseball. Huge series this weekend for softball against LMU. Baseball lost 7-1 at St. Mary's. We're swept. Badcats play at Utah tomorrow. 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. Golf. They are ranked 41st and are competing in the 2018 Austin D1 NCAA Regional as the 11th seed. It's going on right now. Play will continue through Wednesday. Cougars overseas. That is the women's team. Brandon Davies led Zalgiris. 18 points, 8 boards on a win in a win on Friday. Davies and Zalgiris play today. They've won 5 of the last 6. Eric Mika came off the bench to lead VL Pissarro in scoring with 21 points and 8 rebounds nice. in the victory. Soccer. Ashley Hatch and the Washington Sparrow lost to the Utah Royals in Rio Tinto Stadium 2-0 on Saturday. Track and field. At the Sacramento State Open, the Cougars secured the top four spots in the steeplechase. Porter Reddish finished with a time of 8.43. Tommy Adagoke won the long jump while earning a personal best mark of 7.50 meters. Sarah Musselman secured her regional qualifying time in the steeplechase and earned a new personal best and first place finish with a time of 10.25.99. Cougars in the minors. This is steeplechase you, dude. Adam Law had a hit and an RBI and a 3-2 win for the Travelers of 
Arkansas in double-A over the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Brendan Lund had two hits and an RBI and a 2-1 win for the Mobile Bay Bears over the Chattanooga Luke Lookouts in double-A. The Lookouts? The Lookouts. I love minor league baseball names. And Michael Rucker pitched five innings, striking out five, and a Tennessee Smokies win over the uh, Jordanless Birmingham Barons, 6-2 in double-A. How about this one? Colton Shaver went four for seven in two games over the weekend against Maverick Buffo, his former teammate with the Cougars, who, by the way, plays for the Lansing Lugnuts. In fact, the two got together, and Maverick tweeted out this photo. Look at that. They got to hang out, man. Got to hang out. Maverick and Colton Shaver back together again. Now, the question is, does Maverick pitch, and did Colton get uh, a hit or two or three or four off of Mav? That did, okay, Maverick That's why pitch, they're smiling he, in this But picture. he did stack some hats, we're told. Yeah. Yes. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about we give it to everyone involved with the Fan Fest on Saturday? I like it. I like the way you're thinking. You'll like the way you look. I guarantee it. And uh, an uh, uh, anti-Rise and Shout to the generator. Question of the day. Does BYU need a go-to running back to succeed this season at Truth's, Truth's Heart or Truth? Nope. Nope. Yes. Doesn't need to be one guy, though. But the point is, we need to establish a run game. The fact we couldn't last year allow defense to stack the secondary and shut down our one-dimensional offense. I'm arguing there were no dimensions. Uh, at it cr- wasn't good. <laughs> at Crazy Skillet. No. Crazy Skillet. Crazy Skillet. That's I've fun. had a Crazy Skillet. Those are good. What uh, is that? I don't know. It's got potatoes and eggs and That's sausage. a Crazy Skillet? No. It's just Skillet. I just added the Crazy uh, at Crazy Skill, it says, no, I think it's about the O-line first and play calling. I feel okay. running backs are very replaceable when you have an amazing offensive line. Playing fantasy football, you will notice when there's a good <laughs> O-line argument of and the starting running back goes down, usually his backup is still very productive. Let, let's are we playing fantasy, fantasy football, football or are we playing real make football? Make our arguments. Whenever I hear fantasy football, I think like with wizards and elves and stuff, our elite voice of the day at Grizzfather. Since Coach Grimes himself and – Said he would use running back by committee if needed, then that's good enough for me. I do, however, think we will see one guy step up and be the man when it's all said and done. Hey, by the way, Libby Sugg from uh, BYU Softball earns her second WCC Player of the Week honor. Congratulations to her. Very Conversation nice. continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Stan Jackson. That'll do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation.